We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lack of tenacity on Indeed. Cavs win it. 119 to 101. Okay, we are live here on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, for those of you here in New York, the sun is shining. I hope that uh, some of you were just tuning in from your phones because you're out doing something fun. Uh, but for those of us here today, we're going to recap uh, a pretty pretty irrelevant basketball game. The Knicks lost um, to the Cleveland Cavaliers 119 to 101. The Knicks were eliminated the other day. The Cavs actually needed this game. So, um, you know, good job by them for showing up today. Um for those who don't, I do this every time and I think it's unnecessary at this point, but for those who, who don't know me and are wondering where John is, I am the man behind the Knicks Film School account, um, well, at least the the one that chimes in during the post games, uh, Andrew Claudio, producer, executive producer here at Knicks Film School. And we're going to recap this one. And I, I could go right to the positives and say that Obi Toppin had a career high, and that was awesome. Um, I can go right to the negatives and say that this defense gave up 119 to a Cavs team that's been spiraling lately. I can give excuses and say they were very short, so short to the point where um, uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Archidiakono uh, was made to play important minutes today. Um, 22 of them to be exact. And we got five three-point attempts from Taj Gibson. Um, RJ had a bad game and you don't want to see that. Uh, I think the angle I want to go in as far as recapping this goes, uh, first of all, hold on. We want to have positive vibes on this pod, right? Hold on a second. Yeah. Okay. That's better. If you think the Knicks had a bad day today or a bad couple days today, geez. Um, okay. Uh, I am here to answer as many of your questions and spin this as much as possible uh, into some kind of positive for the next half an hour, 45 minutes, however long you guys want to chat. Um, I'll take any questions on the team or the future. Uh, there's really not much to say about today. RJ had a bad day. It was four of 18. Alec Burks only played 28 minutes. Funny what happens when fouls are called. And because, uh, you know, he was playing 41 if if he doesn't get into foul trouble um, quickly, let a mini fake comeback. Thank you quickly for making it a fake comeback. And thank you to the Cavs for making sure it didn't last all that long. 
Um, you like what you see from Obi? 20 points on 10 shots. Uh, I think when I was here last Friday, after the Heat game, easily, I think everybody's top three, maybe even the most exciting win of the season with all the stakes that were involved. And when I say stakes, it's like vindication that if you see the kids play more, they can perform and not let you down. You know, I said in that post game that, like, imagine this being next season if Randall gets traded and they do keep tips, which I know there is a, a large contingent of fire tips. I'm not saying I'm not even part of that. I'm saying, like, what if next season is like a 30 win, 25 win season and like 20 of those wins are like last Friday? And I think the reality check we're getting today is like, next season could also be like 50 of what we saw today where they're just overmatched from a talent perspective. Now, granted again, no Quentin Grimes, no, no Julius. I don't know if that might be a net positive at this point. Um, no Deuce McBride, no uh, Cam Reddish. Like a lot of the other pieces that we would have wanted to see in place if Julius weren't here. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's important to remember that if they do go, the trade Randall with not as significant a return back route, then there could be a lot of this next year. An offense led by RJ Barrett means if he has these four of 18 days, there's not going to be much to turn to. Um, but I, I did like that. That quickly led that, that comeback, at least that fake comeback late in the game. I like that. Um, there are some young pieces. I, I gotta be honest. I didn't have an emotional reaction to the Cavs building the lead and pulling away. I wanted some substitutions take place, which were great, but all in all, pretty mon pretty mundane post game you're gonna get today. I don't have an emotional reaction with five games left in the season or four games left in the season at this point. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, JJ Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get the Super Chat started. Shamik Gayen, Walt Clyde Frazier talking about soap operas, says all we need to know about this game. So I'm going to give you guys full disclosure. I watched most of this game on mute and it's no offense to Clyde or anything like that. I was kind of editing and doing some work for a project over at Final Review. Um, We have a review of the hit movie known as Morbius coming out later tomorrow. Uh, Actually might come out later this afternoon. So stay tuned for that. If you're interested, Um, I didn't hear what soap operas that Walt Clyde Frazier was talking about. So hopefully you guys will clue me in, in the chat and we'll be okay. Uh, But thank you, uh, Shamik for the the contribution. We greatly appreciate it. Robert Cross, um, GMAC. Is there any truth to the rumblings that J-Mac has been shut down for this season? No. Um, in fact, he'll be back tomorrow, not just himself, but him, Jeremy, and I will be on the post game tomorrow. Um, we will be um, we'll be doing our normal Monday pod tomorrow night uh, after the Magic game as kind of a combo of what we saw last week. We're kind of testing out the panel for potentially some changes going into next year. Also, um, Monday is Jeremy's birthday. So we we wanted to make sure he wasn't working and recording a pod with us on his birthday. Uh, So when you see Jeremy tomorrow, flood the chat with some happy early birthdays, if if you wouldn't mind. Um, Kevin Danishevsky, not worried about RJ, but these are the kind of games that make me worry about Mitch. Yeah, he, uh, he... did not look great today. Got outplayed by... Uh, I know Rob uh, Fred Katz had the upcoming guest of the KFS pod, by the way, Fred Katz. Um, I know Fred Katz had the tweet about how he was getting outplayed, I think, by Moses Brown. Um, I did think there were a couple plays where Mitch like re- resurrected himself a bit and showed up as the guy that we, we normally see. Um, unfortunately, we didn't... Um, we didn't see that for the most of the game. I, look, I, I'm not putting what we saw today on Mitch. I'm not saying, um, I'm not saying that today should be the final straw or the indication of whether or not they should ex- give him a contract this summer or whether to keep him or not. Uh, but yeah, not a not a great day for Mitch. Uh, rest of your comment. Him getting destroyed by Brown was bad. I believe in Obi. I also believe in Obi. I believe in high usage, high minutes Obi too, which is something I'd like to see next season. Um, next up, Anthony Sixto. Five left in the second. Obi showed a lot more communication, physicality, strong screens, and even back down move on marketing, exciting if that develops. You know the play that I got excited about for Obi was the um was the play where RJ uh went into the, the backcourt with with Garland and he was like uh, those of you have played pick pickup or I guess played regular ball and you're like not allowed to touch the ball again and you're creating that little little 
force field around the ball so that nobody gets to it. And then Ovi ran back to get the ball, which what is what isn't it a great feeling to see your power forward actually run back when the play is broken? Um, the Obi then like dribbles through four guys to get through the room. He missed the layup, but in that moment, I was like, okay, made a move. I think I think it was Garland that tried to like stood firm to try and take a charge, and Obi just one step around him, a hop step around him and goes up for the layup and misses. Those are the type of plays that you don't see when Obi Toppin is just standing in the corner. It's more plays like that that you want to see next season, regardless of if Randall is still here. So, yes, good job from Obi Toppin. Um, Thank you, Anthony, as always, for the contribution. Robert Cross, again, first time, long time GMAC. Tibbs needs to be fired. Okay. He's not the right guy to coach and develop the youth on our team. I don't disagree. I listen, you're not getting any pushback from me. You're definitely not getting any pushback from me on this. I don't think I do appreciate that. You said he's not the right coach for this team. I look, I said this last week. I said this in the past. Um, I would like, um, I would like Tom Thibodeau to be less Rex Ryan than he is. That I think is the correct comp for him. Um, I think if you give him the right pieces on the team, he's an outstanding defensive coach, but Julius Randle outperforming his career norms being the only path to success cannot be the sustainable plan for the future. So like, I do think there's like a 500 team coached by Tom Thibodeau that can exist next year if they keep him. But if they go a different route and go the Johnny Bryant route, that's fine. Like pivot to a, a more offensive mind, an unproven mind, and have him prove himself with a roster that's trying to prove himself as well. Um, Jessica, good to see you. Obi had a great game. Um, IQ had a rough one, and he plays through it. And that's great to see. They played hard. They just didn't execute well. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see an effort issue across the board. They're also just not as good as the Cavaliers um, Garland, man, look, I love RJ and I'm, I'm not trying to turn this into a Garland versus RJ. I think they're both going to be pretty quality picks for where they were drafted. This isn't a, Oh, we could have had Garland thing. Like some people at ESPN like to say, uh, I, I will just say that it's just very clear how easily Garland can score. And that I think is the biggest difference between the two. Garland today even shot poorly, eight for nineteen and twenty-four points on on nineteen shots. Only hit twenty-four. Jesus, he had twenty-four and thirteen today. Yeah, twenty-four. No rebounds though. Interesting. So he had twenty-four points and thirteen assists for Garland. Um, yeah, I'm not trying to turn this into a the who's better, Garland or RJ, but I did notice like on multiple possessions that Garland just so seamlessly can come up the court and get a. a easy shot, an easy jump shot. And RJ just seems like he's working really hard um, to like get to the rim, get to get, get points. Um, A lot of his, I mean, he's relentless, which is why you like RJ. And that's why Jimmy Butler is the comp because Jimmy Butler has developed a pull-up game. And it's what RJ is going to have to develop in order to take that next step. But a lot of the shots early in Jimmy Butler's career were like getting downhill, getting to the rim, forcing the ref to make a call. And it's how, what we've seen from RJ this year. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'd like to see RJ develop easier shots, which, you know, will hopefully come with his own development and hopefully come with the right 
offensive coach around him. Um, thank you, Jessica, for the contribution. Hush Zoo, just so odd we could see just so odd we couldn't see 35 minutes of IQ, RJ, and OB together. Tibbs still starting Burks on game 77 is just so insane. I have no words. Just move the guy. Also, OB shouldn't lead the team. Oh, OB should have led the team in minutes. Yeah, I got I got no answer for you. Um, the pregame comments were just weird, where he was like. Tibbs basically said, I'm not going to do what's just best for IQ. I'm going to do what's best for the team. And I don't know, like Jeremy said it, why isn't what's best for the team, what's best for Emmanuel quickly, which is playing Emmanuel quickly more. Like, I'm not even one of these, he has to start thing. If you want to, like the first six minutes of the game, go to the IQ coming off the bench line. If you look at him like Jason Terry or the way you used... Uh, Derek Rose last year, that's fine. But there's just no reason that like heavy Alec Burks, like or Alec Burks starting means that Emmanuel quickly can't then play the most minutes in the point guard spot. There's just a there's an uptick in pace, an uptick in shot quality. This team loves to run when they hit IQ in the game. And I, I don't understand why that's not like something you like, like, like to see how many fourth quarter comebacks do we have to see with IQ in the game? You know, it's just, I don't know. It, it feels like gaslighting that what's best for, he's basically saying, well, what's best for the team is not what's best for IQ when all of us see it, you know, that more IQ would actually mean, uh, you know, more, more winning, more productive winning. Um, Hashu, I have no idea what's going to happen if we're actually going to see more, um, IQ and then eventually, uh, a new coach or, you know, what these last five games are going to be. I have an idea what it's going to be, but we'll see. Robert Cross. God damn. Thank you, Robert Cross. Uh, GMAC, is it fair and reasonable to say that Taj's development on the bench this season has been instrumental to his three ball? God bless Todd, Taj Gibson. I hope he gets like a Udonis Haslam but not a roster spot role next season. Here's the thing about Taj. I love him in the locker room. I'd love him to stay around long term. It's then when he comes in and Tibbs is like, oh, one of my favorite toys and just like plays him 30 minutes that it's like, okay, hold on a second. There are other players on this team that we'd like to get more roster spots, especially in this irrelevant season where we're not even making the play in. Um, yeah, I, I shout out to Taj for, by the way, he hit one of his threes today. Like he hits a quarter three and we're like, great. And he's like hit consistently this year. But then we have to see him take five, which is, you know, the counterpoint to all of this. Um, next up, Vas- hold on. Uh, Vasilis Papas. Apologies if I pronounced that wrong. As a season ticket holder for Olympiacos, I can tell you there is big time talent in EuroLeague. Let's try this. Vasije Misik. Remember the name. OKC owns his rights. Knicks should try and trade for him. Uh, Mr. Pappas, I agree with you. Uh, you are definitely way more informed than I am on this. Shout out to you for uh, dropping that nugget. I hope you're right. And I hope the Knicks do make a trade so that we could say it happened on Knicks Film School first that we heard about this kid. Um so thank you, Mr. Pappas. Uh, I think I'm caught up in the chat. So Rich, like, let me know if I'm all caught up. Uh, 
Guys, do me a favor and just drop as many questions as you have. I'll stick around for another 10, 15 minutes and then I'll get out of here. Um, it could be about literally anything about movies, about other sports. If you want to talk about the week the Mets have had, I will listen to you talk about um, what the meets, the, what the, I'll let you know how meet the meets. Um, I will give you my thoughts on what the Mets are going through right now. Uh, yes, Rich, I, I'll answer a Will Smith question if you got it. Um, so yeah, send them away. Moon Knight quick review. So, so for those who don't know what Moon Knight is, it's the new show on Disney plus. And this is like, this is the first time since Captain Marvel, I think, or I guess not since Eternals that were being introduced completely to a new, what am I talking about? Shang-Chi also did this. Okay. Ignore what I started with this with. This is the first of the Disney Plus shows where they're going to go six episodes with a character that we're just we're just flatly unfamiliar with. And I'm I'm really curious how long it's going to be before I'm like attached cuz like I'm intrigued by like the multiple personality disorder that he seems to have and like the in and out of consciousness that you see like I, that that's like my shit like i dig that um i would like the show to eventually pick up and the action scenes that are happening in between it he his like blacking out i'd like to see some of them at a certain point but like it's episode one i'll i'll take it for now um but we'll see um next question of the Panther, can Macri help me get a signed OB jersey? Uh, I'm gonna say no, I don't think he can, but I hope you do end up getting a signed OB jersey. Um, Jason M, the not a question, but the success of Udoka, Unsell Jr., and Willie Green show that the Knicks should give Johnny Bryant a shot at head coach. Don't disagree, I, I like it. Um, good point. Uh, Menno Fami, Andrew, you know what I'm about to ask. Come up with an absurd scenario and give me your best Tibbs impression. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, what's the scenario? Maybe Tibbs is a Mets fan and he's finding out about Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer and this bizarre San Diego trade. Um, maybe he's watching. So, okay, so he finds out and it's like, same old Mets! Why? Why my team? Same old Mets! Get to grab some ice! Like that, I think, is the... That, that's the scenario. Um, yeah, there, there you go. I hope that was a good enough impersonation. <laughs> um, uh, Jessel Cash. Ever seen Awake? Is that the Netflix movie where, like, nobody can fall asleep and it's like about insomnia or it's something like that. It's a Netflix. Is that the Netflix movie that you're talking about? Cause I think it, there's a lot of the insomnia taking you in and out of consciousness in moon Knight as well. So yeah, I've seen it. Wasn't a fan of the Netflix movie, but I, I, I dig if that's the direction that moon Knight is going. Um, any other questions, guys, I'll stick around rich. If you got any questions, my whole take on the Mets right now is that the sky seems to be falling, but I'm never one to overreact in April. So like, yeah, DeGrom might be gone to the all-star break, but I do think they have the depth to last till the all-star break and the, the wallet now to make moves in case 
they have to. Um, we just saw an 88 win team to go win the World Series, so I'm not I'm not too concerned on April 2nd. So we'll see. Um, third dancer, yeah, trading Dom Smith would make you real sad. I'm not um, as attached to Dom Smith as some Met fans are. I think if you believe in the bat, that's a reason to keep him. Um, I think with Alonzo here, and Alonzo likes to play, like play in the field as well as the Cano piece, the JD Davis piece. You've got other DHs here. So Dom can be traded and it not be detrimental to the team. Um, yeah, I'm not crazy about trading Tom Smith either. I apologize to those of you that came here for Knicks talk. I don't have much Knicks analysis. We have four games left in the season. Um, we'll see what has, happens. Um, okay. No, I haven't seen Peaky Blinders, Jason M. Uh, and I think I think everybody else went and did something with their Saturday, which I think... Apologies again for the technical difficulties and thank you, Rich, for for to, for helping produce this. I think we're going to wrap up a little earlier today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the KFS post-game show. We do this after every game. Um, if you would like to uh, do us a favor, if you haven't yet, and subscribe to this podcast, um, both on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, and leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We're also 1,200 away from the uh, 10,000 subscriber platform. So you can get us there. Awesome. Uh, also, CT Pittman, thank you um, for your super chat that I'm just now seeing. What's your summer plans? Any travel? I know we were both in Florida at the same time last summer. So um, I hinted at this last Friday, but I've got some pretty... Big plans, a big thing coming soon, which you'll find out next weekend. Um, as far as the summer goes, um, where am I going? I'm going to Tennessee for a wedding, I'm going to Nashville. Um, I'm going to, where are we going? I'm going to Miami. That's right. I'm going to be in Miami for my birthday this summer, uh, which uh, I probably not a good thing to go to Miami in August, but I'm very ready because, so I went to, to LA for my last vacation and the highest temperature we got when we were there was like 55 degrees and it was like windy too. So we didn't actually get to go outside and experience the LA sun. So we went the extreme opposite and went to Miami during the summer, which is our plan for this summer. Um, but yeah, those are my big summer plans. CT. Uh, I hope you, if you're in Florida, um, I cannot guarantee what wifey's going to be allow us to do, but I'll wave from the top of my hotel and potentially even say what's up. Um, let's see. And now, see, now you guys are putting good questions in. I do really want you guys to, um, subscribe by the way, get us to 10,000 subscribers. Uh, who am I rooting for in the final four? Not Duke. That is who I'm rooting for. Not Duke. I would like to see North Carolina upend everything in this, uh, celebration tour. I would very much like that. So uh, listen, I know there are Duke fans out there. Listen, I went to a private school. I get it. I get the appeal of Duke. I would like Duke to lose and lose in embarrassing fashion. So that is my take. I lived in Virginia for six years. I've met a lot of people that are Duke fans. They remind me a lot of Yankee fans. So as a result, go UNC. Um, I did see a question about a Randall trade uh, from Rayology. How would you feel about trading Randall to Minnesota for D'Angelo Russell's expiring $31 million salary to pair with his boy, Cat? Remember before this season, 
when they had that video of them being boys and our thought was maybe Randall can recruit him to New York. And instead, it became this. It became, can we dump him for D'Angelo Russell? Um, I think there are other... I think there are other avenues I would explore. And I'm sure when we do our cap or no cap, Jeremy will see if that is a trade that works. Um, but I, I, I got to say, um, any trade we will do at this point. I'm not at ham sandwich point as John was or the person John was alluding to. Um, but uh, I... I I do understand that getting him out of here ASAP is has got to be part of the priority. Um, TT, when is the John season reaction video coming? I look forward to those. I didn't edit that. Shout out to Barry of It's a Hard Nick's Life. Um, you know, I, I if he wants to continue the video, I mean, the last words of of jo- from John in that video was. Um, was and the season is over, so maybe now that the season is officially over, uh, that'll actually happen. Um, okay, Tibbs' review of Morbius. <laughs> All right, this will be the last thing I actually do. <clears throat> I liked it. I love Marvel. Oscar Isaac was great. I like Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Ethan Hawke was great too. It's really just me yelling. <laughs> it's really the entirety of the impersonation. Um, oh, of Morbius, not of Moon Knight. Excuse me. It was awful. Jared Leto sucks. That's all I got, guys. It's literally just me yelling. <laughs> um, okay. I think I've this is this is what happens when you give me the keys, John. Thank you guys. Enjoy Saturday nights, and I'll see you tomorrow. 